Welcome to the Call the Road podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Slayball, and this is my podcast where I have people on to tell stories about motorcycles. It can be motorcycles in your lives. It can be riding cross country, which is what this week is about. So this week is, I'm going to call it my motorcycle cannonball run edition of the podcast. Um, basically, the motorcycle cannonball run, is it's an endurance race, uh, and it's been going on since 2010, and they do it every two years. This year, uh, they're riding from Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon. So about 3,400 miles and mostly back roads, and it's, they do that in about 17 days, which is incredible. If any of you out there have done long distance riding days back to back, you know how exhausting that is, and I can't imagine what that feels like doing that on a machine that is probably almost 100 years old, and some of them over 100 years old, um, and having to... uh, worry about maintenance issues and bikes blowing up and all the things that go with a 100 year old machine and so that's what they're doing this year and i one of the riders his name is doug Waki. um i first learned about doug back in the early 2000s um and there was a dvd series called the achievable dream that uh grant and susan johnson from horizons unlimited uh put out and it was uh, it was amazing i love it because it was all about stories and preparations for uh, riding around the world and um, and what that looks like and how it, it like everybody can do it really it's not just for um, kind of the the rich I guess or people with large adventure bikes and um, in that series they interviewed Doug and Doug had uh, ridden around the world I think at least once by that point and he's since done it um, I, I, again I believe and um, he's just a really cool guy and I've been following him ever since then and I saw he was doing the motorcycle cannonball this year and the route came directly through my hometown here in Spokane. So I got um, I reached out to Doug and, and uh, we were able to hang out for a bit uh, in the pits that night and sit down for a few minutes in the parking lot um, as everyone was working on their bikes and fixing things from the day and getting ready for uh, the last two stages. So enjoy. So I'm here with uh, at the Cannonball Stage 11, I think, here in, in uh, Stage 11 stop in Spokane, Washington, and I am with uh, Doug Lockie. Welcome to the podcast. Howdy. <laughs> I bet we look ridiculous right now talking into this, like, giant fluffy microphone. <laughs> well, nobody's noticed yet, so that's good. We'll fly under the radar for this one. Uh, <laughs> so, um, d- tell them it's a, it's a mink love glove. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how far that gets us yeah <laughs> uh, so we're here at the um in spokane and doug's on his way across country with the cannonball run um but before we talk about the cannonball uh just tell a little bit everybody uh how you got into riding uh motorcycles because you've done a ton of riding um but how did you get started uh well when i was a kid my parents told me i couldn't have a motorcycle so me and my buddy bought an old Hodaka, split it and uh, cost-wise and kept it at his house. And it just kind of snowballed from there. Nice. So my mom finally came to the realization that, you know, it's just, she's going to have to put up with it. Dad never really got around to liking it, but mom likes it now. She rides, she follows my trips and buys magazines that I'm in, including chopper magazines, which is funny, you know. 80-year-old woman buying a chopper magazine. <laughs> I bet that gets some looks at the store. Uh, yeah, yeah. She, she's always, now I'm not buying it for me. It's because my son's in here. <laughs> Make sure they know that. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah, so fast forward to now, um, and if you guys haven't heard of, of Doug, go Google his name uh, right now because you'll see um, he's done some around-the-world stuff. Uh, he's ridden a lot of old bikes, uh, just really, really amazing motorcycle stuff, so uh, definitely go check him out. But let's fast forward to the Cannonball Run. So can you uh, give people just a summary of like what the Cannonball Run is, or is it Cannonball Run or Rally, am I saying? Well, it's an endurance run. It's not a race because it doesn't matter who gets in at the end of the day first but you have to make all the miles and if you get all the miles each day you get a point per mile and at the end of this it's the most you can get is is 3674 miles but if you come in late you lose points if your bike breaks and they have to pick you up in the sleep truck you can't fix it along the road you lose points depending on how many miles it is but uh right now i think there's still like 40 out of 107 started i think 42 of us still have all the points full points but then they break it down so even though i'm at i'm technically i'm tied for first but i'm in like 41st place because they go by classes uh if it's a single cylinder or single speed or if it has a transmission or if it has multiple cylinders and a transmission so I'm on a 28 Indian, which is a 45 cubic inch with a transmission. So I'm class three. Then they break it down by year. So the oldest bike uh, has a better, you know, is, is higher up in the rankings. So I'm on a 28, which is the newest you can have. So that puts me down lower. And then if there's two people with the same year bike, they go by age. And there's uh, my buddy Steve is one place behind me because he's a couple months younger than me and we're on the same bike <coughs> so i'm i'm one up from the very bottom in full points if yeah. that makes sense i don't know if that makes sense or not but yeah yeah totally so you're you're in you're in you're tied for first but yeah a lot of people <laughs> a lot of people would have to break yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. yeah and you guys are kind of in the home stretch so they they're riding from Portland, Maine to Portland, Oregon this year. And a lot of people don't know that the first Portland exists because every time they hear Portland, they think of, of Oregon. But um, you guys are kind of in the home stretch, I think. You got uh, pretty close here, I think, to the end. About, about a day and a half left, uh, 300 miles tomorrow and uh, 75 miles the next day. Um, is that Sunday? What's today? Uh, today's Friday. Okay, Sunday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. still September. I know that much. <laughs> not not for much longer though. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. So talk a little bit about like, um, has there was there been a point in this trip where um, I don't know, like something has happened or you thought you weren't going to make it or like, what's it been like? This bike, this trip has just been great. It's I feel like I'm cheating because I come in at night, I check my oil, top it off check for loose nuts and bolts and and then i go help other people with their stuff so it other cannonballs i've had to rebuild motors halfway through i rode this bike in a 12 cannonball i had to rebuild the top end um had flat tires so this is the first time i've ever gotten as far as i have and not lost any points so i'm when i'm out on the road i'm nervous as a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs because i'm just <laughs> hoping nothing happens for the next 375 miles yeah wow wow and how many cannonball runs have you done now and which one is this oh uh, this is my fourth they've done it five times i missed the uh first one 
because I was uh, doing a round-the-world trip on uh, an old Harley chopper, and so I, I missed that one. But I've done every one since. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And what what uh, has there been a, like any one of those four where something has stood out, like uh, like any kind of event or something that's happened? Um. Yeah. Uh, let's see. <laughs> I always I always remember the bad things <laughs> when the day goes by uneventful. It's like, oh, that was nice, and then you know. But yeah, I mean, I well in '12 I rode this bike from Alabama to New York, did the Cannonball, and then rode home um, without a you know chase truck or hotel rooms or any of that. And that was that was nice. That was other than it breaking down and having to rebuild the top end because the wrist pin came loose. That was probably the most fun one but this one's been nice it's just the last few days i've just been nervous because you know waiting for something to happen that hasn't yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah kind of holding your breath like it's almost too good to be true kind of yeah. kind of yeah. yeah and that's my goal is to just get through it not lose any points and you know i, I knew getting into it with this bike uh, you know there's no way i was going to win because of the age and and all that so yeah i'm uh I'm just just happy it's doing as good as it is, and you know, one more night of maintaining, and hopefully it'll uh, no more issues. I did buy a can of fix a flat and throw it in my saddlebag yesterday, just because I figure if I have it, I won't need it. <laughs> <laughs> Head your bets, kind of. Uh... Yeah, last Cannonball I had four flat tires, and that sucked. And the bike ran great. I just had flats, and I just got to the point where I just couldn't fix them in time before the sleep truck caught up with me and once they catch up to you you know if you're not you know within a minute or two of getting done on you go and that's it for the day because they can't sit around and wait for everybody that says oh just give me five minutes i can fix it and they're trying to replace a piston along the road or something you know <laughs> yeah now, I see you got number 88 on your bike. We're sitting beside his bike right now, kind of in the, I guess what would be the pits, which is really just hotel parking lot here in Spokane Valley. But um, does that 88, do you get to choose your number? Does that have any significance? Well, no, not really. I mean, but I, I do get people that 88 does have some significance to some people. <laughs> but to me, it's just the number between 86 or 87 and 89. And it's just the one they gave me. So, yeah. you know, had I given a choice, I would have wanted number 13, but it was already taken. So, yeah. Now, I know some of the bikes have a lot of, uh, like, little details that people, obviously, that, that weren't on the bike when they were new that people have added to them. Can you kind of walk me through, like, a couple on your bike? Uh, namely, like, the, the, is the shifter, I think, knob and a yeah, few the, others. The, the shift knob gets a lot of, uh, lot of comments. It's uh well you can't really see because this is radio, but it's a it's a a little brass head that has four faces on it, and uh, it's about the size of your you know fits in your palm of your hand pretty good. Makes a great shifter knob. But I got it in Mongolia at a Buddhist monastery, and it's called an advisor head. And the way it's supposed to work is when the the they were pray they'd roll it in their hands while they were praying. And then when they were done with their prayer, they'd look at it and see which face was looking at them, telling them the likelihood of it coming true or not. It's got a smiley face, a frowny face, a kind of a grin face, and kind of a little bit of a frown face. Um, it's kind of like a uh, Mongolian magic eight ball. Oh. 
So, cool. so I thought it'd make a neat shifter knob, and yeah, it gets a lot of a uh, lot of looks and comments. Yeah. Does it does it turn on there when you? Uh, no. Oh, okay. no, I just mounted it solid. I couldn't really figure because it, it's hollow. Oh, I really right. couldn't figure out a way to make it spin. I should have though. Yeah. That would that'd be pretty neat. Maybe I'll do that later. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> Pet project. And then I saw you had a big old hammer in the back with a skull on there. Yeah, it's for well, if I can't fix it with a hammer, it's probably an electrical problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that did you did you make the hammer yourself or did you get it somewhere? I said no, it's like a I place. made it. You made it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't do the skull engraving. My friend did that. He does, he's a really good engraver. Yeah. And uh, another friend of mine, he's from Bulgaria, and another friend of mine also from Bulgaria did my seat and all the the leather work and all that. Oh so. really. That's cool. And that was that was from one of your. You did some riding over there, right? In in that area. Well, I have a a small hotel and campground for motorcyclists in Bulgaria. Really. So that's a summertime thing. Okay. Yeah, I did. I didn't know that. That's cool. And then, do you get to get over to to visit uh, a bit? Or? Well, I try to go every summer. Don't don't always make it. I made it this summer. Okay. For a couple of months, not just there. I was just traveling around Europe for a couple of months, but I spent some time there also. Yeah, yeah. Is there quite a uh, old, like a vintage bike culture in Europe? Uh, quite a bit, or Western Europe? Yeah, Eastern Europe, not so much. It's really small. Um, well, mostly the vintage bikes that they had, while well, they weren't vintage at the time, but they're vintage now, are you know Eastern Bloc and Russian, and you know that some people are into them, but very few. But you get into Western Europe, Germany, Holland. Uh, they're, they're really big into vintage bikes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Norway, Sweden, uh, the whole kind of northern central Europe is big into the, the vintage bikes. Yeah. And you did you did some traveling on uh, like an old Ural, I think, at, for a time, didn't you? Was was there a, a Ural trip in there? No, um, I had uh, I got an old Moto Guzzi that I keep over there that I traveled around oh, okay. on some, and then a couple old Harleys that I ride around on. Cool. Well, one old one and one the dirtster, my kind of modern enduro Harley. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, what's um, do you think after this year, uh, when you complete the Cannonball here in two days without any any uh, any broken parts, uh, do you, are you looking forward to to next year again? Well, they do it every two years. Okay. And you know, I always say, oh, this is my last one. But you know, if this one does good, then I have to. I did it in '14 on a uh, a custom. 29 Harley bobber that I built and uh, that one the crank pin broke about halfway so I lost a couple of days having to rebuild the motor mm. and uh, so if this one does good then I'm going to try to redeem myself on that one <laughs> <laughs> nice nice depending on what years they are make eligible but I don't you know I never know hell I I may come up with something else I want to do more than that so who sure. knows yeah do they do they uh, modify the the year that's eligible? Does it is it kind of does it get um, uh, uh, like this year? It's nineteen twenty nine and older, I believe. Do they twenty eight and, or, or, and older? Okay. Last one was uh, sixteen and older. It had to be a hundred years old. Um, I was on a sixteen Indian for that one. The one before that was thirty six and older, and then the one before that was twenty eight or thirty and uh, twenty nine and older. Sorry. Okay. So. Yeah. Cool. And you're doing a lot of like when you like that 16 and older. You you did all the work on that bike yourself. Is that uh, a friend of mine? Built the motor because okay. he's just better at that stuff than I am. He sure. built this motor also, right. but I built the bike. Yeah. yeah. 
That's pretty cool. Yeah. It ran so good and the rest of it fell apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it was pretty cool. I rolled up tonight um, and uh, Doug was uh, working on the bike and he all the tools he needs and been helping other people around uh, the pit here. And um, yeah, it seems like you, you have it uh, pretty well sorted as far as being able to to maintain stuff on the on the go and, and everything there. Yeah, I mean, I've, uh, within reason, I can do a lot of repairs along the road. And plus, if I need something, I can always find a, you know, a beer can in the ditch to make a shim out of or a piece of bob wire off a fence to make something or what have you. So, yeah, I can, I can fix a lot of stuff along the road. Well, thank you so much for your time, Doug. I know you're you're wiped, man. <laughs> you guys been been uh, hauling across country, so I appreciate your time and oh, no thanks for being on the podcast. Well, thanks for having me. Well, thank you for joining me on this week's episode. As an addendum, uh, since we recorded that, the motorcycle cannonball has finished, and Doug, in fact, did finish with perfect points, um, which is the first time that he's done that, and that's a that's a huge achievement from on a motorcycle from 1928, and um, doing that many miles in that many days, um, yeah, Doug did it. So congrats, Doug, if you're listening to this, man. Um, my hat's off to you, and um, yeah, that's pretty amazing. If you want to see some more of Doug's stuff, um, go to motosapiens.org. Um, um, so that's M-O-T-O-S-A-P-I-E-N-S.org. Um, that's Doug's website, and you'll see stuff about his moto camp in Bulgaria and some pictures from his trips and uh, a lot of really cool stuff there. So you can find him on all the social channels. Um, I'll put links here in the show notes. On Instagram, he's RTW Doug, for around, so around the world Doug. Yeah, and then I took a bunch of pictures uh, when uh, I was hanging out with Doug and beforehand. Um, when all the bikes came in that night into Spokane Valley, um, they all met up at a dealership. The local dealership had a big event. And so I took pictures there of some other bikes, and it's pretty cool. Some of those details I was talking about, there's one, uh, you know, I'll put a picture up there. There's someone got a chicken leg. I assume they found it along the road, and they, uh, like the, the chicken foot is like flipping off the person, and it's tied to the front fender. Uh, a lot of stuff like that, really, really cool um, accoutrement on the, on the bikes. It was fun, so... Um, yeah, so that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you for joining me. Um, feel free to reach out to me. If you want to drop me a line, you can always reach me at the call the road at gmail.com. And, um, you can find the show notes for this show at the call of the slash podcasts. That's podcast with an S. Um, and that's where the pictures and stuff I was talking to you about. That's where I'll, I'll put all that stuff. And if you want to uh, leave me a voicemail, um, you can, uh, I have a voicemail line now. You can go to, so the country code is plus one for the U.S. And then 406-578-4441 and leave me a story on there. Um, you have to keep it three minutes or under just because Google limits the, the voicemail time limit to that. But uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And I might do a, a throw it on a podcast down the line or maybe do a, a collection of those stories uh, down the line. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And um, you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere that podcasts exist. <laughs> iTunes, um, SoundCloud, TuneIn, um, I don't know. There's, I, I think Google Play is on there. Um, I try to get it, make it as accessible as possible. And if you wouldn't mind, just uh, if there's like a thumbs up or like a star rating or even leaving a written review, if you wouldn't mind taking 30 seconds out of your day, um, I really appreciate that. It helps the podcast. So Thanks again for listening, and until next time, see you down the road.